I remember explicitly watching this episode with Annie and sitting next to her and her getting upset about hang gliders. Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this is the Gem Jam, where we do an episode-by-episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem and the Holograms, because it is truly outrageous, and it is time for the Music Awards Part 2, Episode 14. It was announced that the Misfits and the Holograms would be competing for Best New Rock Band in the Music Awards this year. They met Dance, whose hair takes up the entire animation budget whenever she shows up in an episode. Someone actually said the words, oh good, Rio's here already. They agreed to play at Dance's benefit and then realized it was on the same night as the Music Awards, so they decided to cancel on the benefit and then some little girls ran away. And then because of this moral crisis that it caused in Jerrica, she decided to play the benefit after all and dip out on the Music Awards. And then the runaway little girls went to a Misfits concert, climbed a tower, thinking that was a good idea, swiftly realized it was not, and one of them started to fall to her death. As we last left off, Chrissy was falling to her death, as per the usual, Except for now, it suddenly turns out that her backpack snagged on one of the strats. Deus Ex backpack. Dislocated shoulders. And then the random kid from earlier, Danny Boy, climbs down and helps her uh, climb down to the base of the tower. Because they're all like, well, maybe this wasn't the smartest idea we've ever had. After Danny and the Starlight Girls get out of the concert, uh, Danny gets attacked by the guy he swiped the ticket from. The scalper shows up, grabs Danny, and says he'll have to earn the $50 that Danny owes him for the stolen ticket, and the way he says it is really creepy. Really, really creepy. Let's also not forget that scalper guy has the most amazing chin. He is mostly chin. He's like the crimson frickin' chin. Yeah, he has like 10 chins in a trench coat. (laughs) Not like fat chins either, just like chin on top of chin on top of chin. So the scalper is like, you know what, Uh, you're runaways, right? Well, I hear runaways go to jail, like people arrest runaways, and and Danny and the Starlight Girls are like, yeah, that sounds legit. I just want to point out that Danny and the Starlight Girls would be an amazing name for a band. Anyway, Scalper takes them to an abandoned school bus, which is apparently surprisingly roomy on the inside. It is on the side, it says just Mark's Girls School, which is a nice little nod because, of course, Christy Mark's. It's got some great graffiti on it, too, but nothing is nothing as neat as Mark's girls' school. While the scalper and his buddy talk sinisterly about using Danny to commit crimes. No, 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 this is the weird part, though. They're going to keep Danny and use him to commit crimes, but they're just going to ditch the girls. What kind of sleazeballs are these? They're not even going to try and, like, little matchstick girls scenario here of, like, getting them to, like, scalp tickets for pity. They're just going to ditch them. And it's like, well, I guess these, these guys are sleazeballs, but they have a limit. Meanwhile, Danny's talking to the Starlight Girls, and he's talking to them about, you know, their living conditions. And they're like, oh, well, you lived in a group home. That must have been really awful. Oh, and actually, it was a mansion with lots of rooms. Oh, they must have really mistreated you. No, actually, it was pretty awesome living with these people. And then he says, you must be three of the dumbest girls I've ever met. And their faces. (laughs) They're like, oh, my God, we are the dumbest girls we've ever met. Of course, Chrissy already knew that. Chrissy's just like, I'm just here to make sure they don't die. Oh yeah, Chrissy Chrissy is like, look, his line about jail is BS and so is he. And 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 this is the point when I was watching this that John leans over to me and says, So Danny's got red hair, right? Yeah. Why doesn't Bonnie think Danny's her dad? Because as we will learn in the upcoming Gem Jam two parter that's gonna be in a little while, Bonnie all Bonnie knows about her dad is that he has red hair. So every redheaded American man must 
be her dad. Yes. That's pretty much how Bonnie functions. Okie doke. So Pizzazz called Child Protective Services in the last episode, and we are seeing the repercussions of that as a social worker shows up at the Starlight House and asks, well, where are your runaway kids? Jerrica just sort of stumbles around until Ashley, of all people, comes in. It's like they're handing out flyers for the benefit. So the social worker gives them until the benefit to show up. Otherwise, he's basically going to shut the whole operation down. He's going to give, he's going to make sure that all the foster girls are relocated to better homes. Which, what kind of better home are you going to get than a freaking mansion? Yeah, I'm also pretty sure this is not how Child Protective Services works. Like, if you hear reports that some girls have run away, you don't get to basically show up, say, produce the missing girls, or I will rehome all your kids. I'm pretty sure that no no social worker would do that. There's a pretty thorough investigation involved. But anyway, the next scene is the hang gliders, so there's that. Oh my gosh, this is the best, this is the best, stupidest thing in this entire episode. I love it. The misfits are up on the roof of Misfits Music, getting fitted for hang gliders. They, they don't have any previous experience with hang gliders. They don't have any, any security up there. There's no safety net. There's nobody giving them instructions. It's just Eric and Tech Rat. This is apparently a stunt that'll get them publicity for the music awards. Okay, and let's not forget that Tech Rat is busy hooking up like a freaking Buck Rogers laser gun. It's like a Flash Gordon laser gun to a hang glider. Because they're the misfits. Roxy over there is like, I'm not afraid. This is just the stupidest stunt I've ever heard of. And it's like, you know what, Roxy? You got a little of column A and it's a lot of column B. And Techrat just like says to Pizzazz, it's just like he just says in this deadpan voice like, careful how you use the laser. It's very powerful. I just love hearing Annie's impression of Techrat. It's amazing. I love Techrat. I love him. I love him so much. That's not the voice you expect to see coming out of that character. No, apparently even Christy Marsh was like, that voice does not work for this guy. And it's like, you know what? That's why it works. <laughs> That's why it's so amazing. It's because you see this little hipster guy and this awful Igor voice comes out of him. Anyway, the next music video is You Ought to See the View from Here. I really like the song. Yeah, it's a good song. Like, I love that it's this weird jarring, like, You ought to see the view from here. Every single line that they are capable of, they do this weird little, like, it's practically a glissando. And they're dropping flyers from their hang gliders, and they nearly cause a car crash because flyers are dropping into people's windshields. Honestly, like, considering that they're basically going through city streets right here, they are doing sharp turns through these very high buildings in, a, in clearly a business district. It's like, I'm half surprised that they don't meet up with 90 Spider-Man as he, like, has an internal monologue going down the middle of the CGI street. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is not how hang gliders work. Nope. No, I'm pretty sure it's not. Eventually, Stormer and Roxy land. Yeah, after the song's over, they're just like, well, I guess we're done now. And Eric's like, well, why isn't Pizzazz landing yet? And Techrat goes, well, she has to test my laser gun. And Eric Raymond responds with the best thing he has ever said and will ever say, you let Pizzazz loose with a laser gun? <laughs> Which is a very good question. It's like he, he immediately just like grabs Techrat's like <laughs> lapels and he's like, what? <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> This is one of those lines that could only come from this show. And Tekra just kind of shrugs like, well, it was her idea. 
Meanwhile, Pizzazz is let loose with a laser gun. Yeah, she lasers a mustache onto the gem billboard atop Starlight Music. Good job. Good use of, of this brand new technology that Tegrat could have sold to the government. And then the best part comes next, though, because afterwards she's like, I wonder what else this thing can do. And then she fires the laser at the billboard supports and final destinations it into Jerrica's office window. Like, it swings down. There's not even safety glass in there. Everybody's in that office right now. There's no safety glass. The thing doesn't cube up. The glass just explodes. They are hecka dead. They are hecka dead. Commercial break by our dolls now. They're, they're so dead. They're super dead. These are gigantic glass shards that take up. There's no there's no taking refuge from these things. The lacerations alone, my God. After we come back from commercial break, Pizzazz surveys the damage and she's just like, wow. And she's like, yeah, that probably killed them rad. Then she swans off. Still in the hang glider, I feel I should point out. Yeah, Jerrica sees Pizzazz fly off in a hang glider, and she just accepts this fact. She just accepts that this is happening, that Pizzazz somehow caused their billboard to almost kill them while she swoops off in a hang glider. This seems par for the course, and she retaliates by asking Synergy to summon a hologram in front of Pizzazz. And Synergy summons... You guys... Has Synergy ever seen a bird? She's been living in a basement her entire life. I'm pretty sure she hasn't. She has had a bird described to her. <laughs> That's the only explanation. This thing is like, it's it's like a kaiju, a rock. It's got like a buzzard head and a ruff. And it's got these legs that look like it's just some guy in a monster suit with full-size people legs sticking out. The feathers don't really connect to anything on its wings. It's absolutely like someone has described a bird to her. Synergy creates a giant bird to attack Pizzazz because what's line of sight? It's never been a problem before. That bear wasn't capable of blocking the hologram projection. It's fine. Is she worried about people like seeing the holograms because this is a busy city street? Someone's going to see the giant bird. It just appears and it flies off. It freaks out Pizzazz who spirals down. We assume the bird disappears afterwards. But, like, Pizzazz tumbles down into the same park where Roxy and Stormer had landed, into a lake, and Techrat has another great line. We may as well just start quoting him directly, like, all the time. He's just, like, forlorn. It's like, oh, no. And then Pizzazz gets out of the water, and he's cradling this little, his, his laser gun. He's like, my laser. Poor Techrat and his laser. Everything he loves is going to be broken by pizzazz. This is just the rest of the show now. It's just pizzazz wrecking his stuff. So the scalpers uh, enact their plan to put Danny to work. They tell the girls to leave. Chrissy tries to stop them because obviously these guys and their chins are bad news. The Starlight girls drag her away. And then Chrissy convinces them to like go after Danny. And it's a whole scene that doesn't matter because Tech Rat in the meantime fixes the disruptor. And Eric wants him to use it to mess up the benefit. For like no reason. He's got no reason to mess up the benefit. He just really wants to mess with them. This is maybe one in the top five of like the pointless skeezy things that Eric does. It's like, I won't let them raise money for charity. At least $250,000 skimming off the top of $8 million for like the, the world hunger shindig. That was at least like part of, kind of a pittance comparatively. This is disrupting charity for no reason. He's not even getting anything out of this. So we walk into an after-school special as the scalpers try to tell Danny to shoplift from a stereo store called, I believe, Sounds Etc. 
and he walks in, he lifts what I think is an answering machine. I don't I don't know how they were expecting him to lift anything by sticking it under his shirt and walking out. This is audio equipment in the 80s. Everything is the size of a truck. There's no way you can shoplift this without the assistance of like five people. I mean, you definitely can't fit anything under your shirt as a 10-year-old boy. But he finds like the only small item in there, which I think they say is some kind of like music player, but I'm pretty sure it's an answering machine. He walks out of the store and Chrissy is like, you should put that back. Those guys with the chins are bad news and you're better than that or something, something I care about you after school special. And he's like, oh, I guess you're right. And the scalpers roll up and start arguing with them in in the middle of the street. And the best part of this happens next when we cut to the inside of a cop car. And one of the cops goes, hey, is that Mick and Ramon over there? Mick and Ramon are the scalpers. The other guy says, yeah, they're probably getting some poor kid into trouble because these guys have read the script. They're on a first name basis with these guys. And the cops show up and are like, yo, maybe stop making 12-year-olds shoplift. Everyone runs. And this is when we get our next music video, Running Like the Wind. By the holograms. And it's like, it's basically a cheesy montage song. And it's like, the tune's not bad, the lyrics are really weird, and it just seems like a really odd place for the song. And the holograms barely even feature into this music video, except for like, Jem picking up Chrissy's picture and staring forlornly out a window. Yeah, Jem has like a black and white glamour shot of Deirdre in her room that she like picks up and cries over. It's it's all pretty weird. It's just them running intercut with Derica slash Jem being sad about Deirdre and not Bonnie or Chrissy. Honestly, the, that's pretty much all there is in the song. It ends with them hopping some boxes to get over a fence. And as they're trying to struggle, one of the cops gets buried underneath the boxes. And that's the commercial break is, oh, holy God, did they kill a cop? Commercial break. Danny is a cop killer. We don't have a doll of the cop, but, you know, support your local policeman or something. The after school special parts of this are like aggressively pro-cop. So like, it turns out the other cop is fine, but the kids all get away. And like, the cops have this conversation with Chin Scalper that are like, yeah, I made them really afraid of cops. They'll never come to you for help. And the cops are like, well, I hope they find someone to ask for help. Back at the benefit concert as they are warming up. They're actually doing a sound check. Like, okay, let's let's point this out. Rio is on the soundboard doing the warm-up check and Jem is on the stage at a microphone. Jem is doing the warm-up. She's actually like spouting rhubarb into the microphone and everything. Ashley, meanwhile, with some of those other Charlotte girls, is there, and she's she wants to basically punch Deirdre. She wants to punch her right in the stupid mouth. Yeah, like, Ashley, I'm not sure you have the moral high ground on this front. And the social worker shows up, and Jerrica greets him. Jerrica comes down from the stage where Jem just was. This is an open-air theater. Jem was on set, Jem was doing sound check, and Jerrica comes to talk to the social worker. As ostensibly, it doesn't seem like there is this is a hologram because Jerrica is actually talking earnestly. It, it doesn't sound like synergy ad-libbing. Did she just transform in front of everybody? Makes no sense. Nope. It doesn't add up. But anyway, CPS guy comes by to reestablish the main conflict of this episode. So he says if the girls aren't back by tonight, Starlight House is history. We skipped then to best hamburgers. Yeah, Danny and the Starlight Girls are eating at Best Hamburgers, which is the actual name of the restaurant. Oh, God. It's incredible. I want to eat at Best Hamburgers. Man, I totally would. Deirdre is like, well, Danny, we don't know what to do about you. You should, like, come to Starlight. And Bonnie's like, but that's for girls. And Danny figures he can take care of himself on the streets because he's a boy, don't you know? I sound a really Canadian there. Which 
It's about the time that our friendly neighborhood waiter pokes his head into the conversation. He's like, y'all kids need help? I can help you out. Which, again, is a very creepy statement for a random waiter to say. But he gives them a card for Haven House from like a little poster they have. And then they go, oh, let's go find a phone. I was like, oh, right. This is the 80s. Yeah, it's like, you should go call them and they will talk to you. You don't have to go home, but you should talk to somebody like a counselor. I mean, he practically looks right in the camera. Now we're going to do some short intercuts. The Misfits arrive at the award show. There's some incredible background characters. There are always incredible background characters. In this one, it's amazing because, like, they do this brief interview with, like, somebody on the red carpet. And right behind her is a background character that, as far as I can tell, is either Little Orphan Annie from the uh, from the comics or is a soulless meat puppet because she has circles, but there, are, but it's it's all white. There are no irises, and there's no nothing. Just this horrible soulless creature hanging out behind Pizzazz while she says, "We don't really have any competition for this award." Meanwhile, the Starlights and Danny arrive at Haven House as Dance leaves from the back door in a cape. She's just wearing a cape. Haven House, for some reason, because of the benefit, is completely deserted. There's no one there at all. No one thinks maybe some runaway teens might show up at this point. We don't have a counselor here. We don't have a housekeeper. We don't have someone who could just mind the house. At all. Everybody's going to the freaking benefit. Maybe that was supposed to be Dance's job? I don't know. Dance, like, locks up, gets in the car. Deirdre has to freaking flag her down. Because she's obviously not going to look at the house while she's leaving. Yeah, Deirdre jumps in front of a moving car. And Dance is like, well, would you guys like to come see Gem and the Holograms? And then you can all talk to a counselor. She uh, she takes them along. They get to the concert where all the holograms are in some really awful matching outfits. Tech Rat has his own seat. Tech Rat's in an evil trench coat. It's amazing. Yeah, Tech Rat looks great. Tech Rat always looks great. What am I saying? And Tech Rat hits his disruptor. Tegrat's disruptor shorts out like everything. Jem's hologram even starts to flicker out and they manage to get her off stage before she turns back into Jerrica. Uh, we find out while this is going on that the Misfits have won the award and considering that attendance shouldn't have any bearing on this because the votes are already cast, the Misfits have legitimately won the award for Best New Band of the Year. Because their songs are better. Their songs are, and we have proof of this now, in-universe their songs are better. Their songs are empirically better as determined by a jury. And immediately, Pizzazz is like, oh my god, let's take this now. I don't care about the rest of the award show. Let's take this and let, I don't care about the after party. Let's go rub this in Jem's face. Because Pizzazz has Draco Malfoy syndrome. Pizzazz knows what her priorities are. Everything Pizzazz does now is just to show up Jem and to be like, hey Jem, Jem, look at me. I'm better than you. Jem, Jem, Jem. Hey Jem, 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 look at me. Jem. It's absolutely Draco Malfoy. Pay attention to me. <laughs> I'm right over here. Meanwhile, back at the Benefit concert, everything is still going haywire and Danny notices Tech Rat's jammer. Honestly, at this point, I know we're a couple of years before these things are just everywhere, but it looks to me like Danny has basically seen that a grown man has a Game Boy and he wants in on that. But he grabs the jammer and Tech Rat does his whole don't touch me thing and, and scampers off. Scamper is pretty much the only way Tech Rat moves. So the Disruptor turns off, all the holograms are fine, and they go right back on for their show, which is a single song, as always, called Friend or Stranger. With Twirly Dance. I can't, like, even 
like even after watching this episode, I couldn't remember what this song was like. Yeah, I would like to note that the only thing I wrote next to Friend or Stranger was go away, dance. Gosh darn it, I hate you. The orphans are reunited. The social worker has this little exchange where he watches very closely Ashley and Deirdre about to throw down and then they hug instead. The very last note on this music video is just in all caps, Pizzazz has feelings. Right. So in the middle of this music video, which is not really a music video because it's mostly people like in the audience, uh, Pizzazz shows up and she holds up this, she holds up the thing. She holds up the award and she's like, everyone, look at me. But everybody's too busy, like, holding hands and bobbing back and forth. Like, they're all singing Kumbaya. They're too busy watching Jem and the holograms. And Pizzazz is so stunned by either the performance itself or the fact that nobody's paying attention to her that she drops her award on the ground and it shatters. And that's the end of the episode. This is like the end of our episode. It's a weird moment because it, it's it's kind of gives me the same feeling that I get seeing hints that Pizzazz might actually have a character that develops in, in the IDW comic. Is this meant to be Pizzazz saying, either seeing that nobody cares or seeing that they were doing charity instead? Uh, or is this like a Grinch thing where it's like, Glamrock came without packages, boxes, or bags! Somehow or another, Glamrock came just the same. Her heart grew three sizes that day. Or is, or I, 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 it's hard to read this, and it's weird because it seems like this should be some kind of character development moment, but because the show is completely static, of course it's not, but... Kudos to Christy Marks for, for attempting to put something in there for Pizzazz anyway. Show that Pizzazz is actual human emotions. Yeah, you know, she has robot feelings. I mean, normal feelings. She has skin. How dare you? She loves breathing oxygen. So, as a quick reminder, you can now find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. We are also, of course, always always on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter at GemGemCast. We are always on Tumblr at The Gem Jam. Most of our things are The Gem Jam. You can find us that way. Uh, we also have a Patreon. Uh, we will be back next time with The Rock Fashion Book, which is another fashion-focused episode. Honestly, I really can't even remember much of what happens in this one because it's not the one where they steal Kimber's diary. But stick around for The Rock Fashion Book anyway. We promise we'll at least find something in it to be memorable. So until then, dear internet, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this has been the Gem Jam, where two outrageouses are better than one.